on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Dominic Catronio. That might have been the straw that breaks the camel's back. The Brewers fall three out of four in Arizona. They got Zach Galland, if you will. They fall 5-1. to one. They only mustered three hits. They avoided a shutout thanks to a garbage-time homer by Hunter Renfro. The offense was held not only without an extra base hit aside from the garbage-time homer by Renfro, they didn't have a single plate appearance with a runner in scoring position. Zero. And not only that, it was the second time that's happened in the last month. August 14th in the loss against the Cardinals. That was the heartbreaker that Albert Pujols hit two home runs in. And this one, 5-1 to one the loss today. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. I'm Dominic Catronio. I mean, you got to pick up the pieces and move on because there actually is good news to report, believe it or not. This feels like everything's caving in. This team is really going to have an uphill climb to make the postseason. Every time they lose a game, it's really doesn't matter what the other teams are doing because they lose an opportunity. Even if those other teams lose, like, well, could have gained a game. Not like, well, at least they didn't lose any ground. That doesn't last forever. 29 games to go now for the Brewers. The good news is San Francisco walked off Philadelphia today. They just finished that game up after uh, the Phillies had tied it in the eighth thanks to a JT Riomuto uh, home run. Wilmer Flores walks it off for the Giants. So the Phillies lose again. They don't lose any ground on them. And then later tonight, they're just getting going at Chavez Ravine. The Dodgers and the Padres on Sunday Night Baseball, they just got going. No score there. So, despite how brutal this loss is and the feelings of it, they still may not lose any ground. They came into today two and a half games back of a wild card spot. And at the start of this series, they were three and a half back. And you may be thinking, well, that means there was an opportunity this weekend. Yes, you're absolutely right. But at the end of the day, all the, the only standings that matter are the ones at the end of the year. And if you want to abandon ship right now, if you want to jump out and say it's over and be, ah, it's done, the straw that broke the camel's back, why not wait till October 5th, right? It's like I compare it to... When it's a close game, you're sitting in the ballpark, you're locked in on every pitch. It's a close game, right? It's one-to-one, and then the opposing team in the top of the ninth inning hits a three-run homer or something. Oh, nope, that's enough. I got to go now. What? Didn't even give it a chance for the bottom of the ninth? It's one more month. One more month. Count them up at the end. Are the Brewers playing inspiring baseball right now? No. That is a fact. The offense is ice cold again, and they ran into two incredibly hot pitchers right now in Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, but didn't do anything with it offensively in the opportunities they had. Yes, they won a slugfest yesterday, but on paper, that was the game that people expected them to have a slugfest against Madison Bumgarner. When they had to face two premier arms and another old friend in Zach Davies, they couldn't make the adjustments necessary. 
Everyone's snake bitten right now. No pun intended there against the Diamondbacks. Vinny talked about it yesterday. We'll have him on here in just a little bit. Vinny Rotino of Valley Sports Wisconsin saying that bad offense is just as contagious as good offense. And let's be honest about last night, too. Tyrone Taylor, three extra base hits, two home runs. The Brewers only took the lead in the fifth inning thanks to an error, and it took a Herculean miracle pinch hit home run, a ball that still hasn't landed by Rowdy Telez. They can't keep relying on Rowdy to bail him out. And yes, Renfro hits a home run in the ninth, and he's got an 11-game hitting streak going right now. Nobody else has Mojo going right now for the offense. It's pretty ice cold right now. You can text us. You can call us. A few texts have already rolled in here pre-game, or pre-show anyway. 855-616-1620. We'll be with you for about an hour tonight. We'll be with you until 6.30, or rather, uh, excuse me, until 7.30. It's 6.30 about now. Look, I'm in Chase Field. I'm at Phoenix, so time zones are hard. Okay, give me a break. Uh, I want to hear from you. Do you think this Brewers offense has it in them? Is it on the pitching? The pitching was solid enough. I mean, Brent Suter allows the home run to Corbin Carroll, which or the Jake McCarthy, I beg your pardon, which was the, the backbreaker in this one. If it was 3 nothing, you feel like you're hanging around, but Jason Alexander kept the Brewers in it, and maybe on, against any other starter, they would feel a little bit better. But Zach Gallen, I tip my cap, man. He is one out away from tying the Diamondbacks franchise record for most consecutive scoreless innings. And he's currently got the eighth longest streak in Major League history. He's still 15 away from Oral Hershiser. We got a lot to break down from this game and a lot of show to get to. Brewers fall 5 to 1. Let's hear from you. 855 616 1620. More to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Come set and the pitch. And it's a chopper over the mound. Picked on a short hop by Wong. Throw to first in time. What a play by the Gold Glover. There was some great defense in this game. There was some fun with that. But good defense doesn't equal good offense. Spurs fall 5-1. to one. They drop 3 out of 4 in Arizona. And remember, they'll finish with this team in the regular season. They got three more games with them to end the year back at American Family Field. So, if it is going to come down to the final few days, you better hope you're going to miss Zach Allen or Merrill Kelly in that stretch. You're not done with these guys. You're going to see them again. You're going to see these young speedsters. I tweeted this earlier. I feel like every single guy should be trying for the Olympic trials. Everyone can fly on the Diamondbacks. One of the things for me with the Brewers' offense they didn't strike out a ton. Yeah, they struck out seven times against a really good pitcher in in uh, Zach Gallen, But they weren't getting anything stringed together. We haven't seen those innings where it's like sustained offense. And even in yesterday's game, it was like the one big double, then the inning would end. Right? You wouldn't see consistent runners on and consistent long rallies. They would get a man on, but that would be just about it. They're missing the string of positivity, if you will. It's been a, an odd stretch for the Brewers. I mean, again, they only had three hits in this game. Two of them singles and the one home run by Hunter Renfro, his 24th of the year off Mark Melanson. Jason Alexander pitched into the fifth inning. Five hits, three runs, all earned. Four walks, which was not Jason Alexander-esque. Only three strikeouts and the home run allowed to Varsho. 
855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line if you want to join in here. Mike from Sheboygan Falls chimes in. Predicted back on Wednesday that Zach Gallant was going to pitch as advertised. He does have a big-time nasty arsenal. Yep, I agree. Thanks for the appreciation there, Mike. Yet his mid-90s fastball seems to be without any movement and a pitch that could be hit. So in that regard, what allows Zach Gallant to put up 41-plus scoreless innings over his last six starts? Does his four-seam have late life and movement that I can't appreciate without being present at the ballpark? It's exactly that. And the respect for the cutter and the respect for the changeup makes you just have that little split second of indecision. Like, oh, that, oh, it was a fastball. That kind of thing. And full disclosure here, too. Zach Gallant... I've actually known Zach since 2014 as friends. I covered him uh, in summer ball back in 2014 in the Chatham A's and the Cape Cod Baseball League. And I spent two summers with him. We're great friends. And quite frankly, we were chatting before the game the other day, and he's just like, man, like, it doesn't feel any different. It's just I'm getting more strikes. I'm getting more command, and I feel good right now. He's a very analytical, very detail-oriented person. And he doesn't feel any different. He's not doing anything different. He didn't do a new lifting routine or a new stretching routine. He's just, the stuff is playing. And what he's learned throughout his big league career, he says, is that in his first few starts, he realized how good his stuff was when he was getting swings and misses in the zone. And that's what's generated confidence for a guy that has great control. He doesn't throw overly hard, comparatively, but he hides the ball well, first and foremost. Another thing that he does well is he's not afraid, afraid to throw any count or any pitch in any count. He'll throw right on right changeups today. He threw curveballs when he was behind in the count. He's fearless. He knows how nasty his stuff is. And I just wanted to take a moment to appreciate how good he was. I don't think it mattered if it was the Brewers' offense, if it was even the Dodgers' offense. Zach Gallen was dominant tonight. And there's big leaguers on the other side, too. And as we welcome in Vinny Rutino here on the show, I want to pose this question to him and uh, kind of broach this topic with you, Vinny, is that when you talk about elite starters, and I know the Diamondbacks aren't exactly a you know a household name team. They don't really have big name players, at least to the casual baseball fan, but as we try to explain leading into this series, Vinny, they're a team that except against the Padres and the Dodgers, they're above 500 against everybody else. They're a solid club and guys like Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen and even, you know, the rookies that have come up have made them a very exciting core to come through with. There are big leaguers on the other side, and sometimes the other big leaguers have a better day than your big leaguers. That's how I take away from today's contest. Yeah, I mean, in all series, too, right? I mean, this is a, this is a Diamondbacks team. We talk about how scrappy they are, how hungry they are. They have all these young players that are playing their, their tails off. They're battling in at-bats. Um, and, and like you said, they have the starting pitching as well. I mean, Zach, you didn't mention Zach Davies and how well he's thrown this year. And I, it's, it's cool. It's not cool to see it happen against the Brewers, but it's cool to see that they're starting pitching. It seems like there's a, they're, they're, they're stressing and they're really focusing on executing it just executing pitches and hitting spots. You don't see that too often anymore. You see more guys just like, let's let it rip and throw as hard as you can. These guys kept the Brewers off balance. You, you almost just have to appreciate what they did and tip your cap and then just move on to the Colorado Rockies if you're a, if you're a Milwaukee Brewer and a Milwaukee Brewers fan. I just want to highlight one quick at-bat that Zach Allen had against Luis Arias. Four-seam fastball for his strike. 
Four-seam fastball foul. Two knuckle curves in a row taken for balls. Now it's 2-2. Another four-seamer foul ball. Luis Arias did a great job of battling in this at-bat. This was at the top of the seventh inning. And then another knuckle curve for a foul ball. And then Zach Gallon throws him a nasty changeup that looks exactly like the fastball out of his hand. And that in an, and it was a strike three. And, and Luis Arias actually fell down on the swing. Um, and that, in a nutshell, was Zach Gallon's outing. He was he just he just pitched, and he pitched with really good stuff, and he executed he executed his tail off. It was impressive. Yeah, I I've very much been a fan of Zach Gallon for a long time, and as we teased in the Brewers warmup today, thank goodness he's not on the Cardinals. I mean, yeah. he was drafted by them and was traded for Marcelo Zuna with Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> Like, wow. Think about that for a second. That the Brewers, they want to be just eight and a half games back. They would probably be like 18 games back if all of those guys were still in their rotation right now. Yeah, no, I mean, and then Zach Gallon was then traded for um, uh, Jazz Chisholm, which was probably an even trade at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, Gallon has had some some arm problems and some injuries, but he looks he looks great now. Looks effortless with his delivery. They, they, they eliminated the crossfire a little bit, I thought. I thought he was a little bit more across his body when he was with the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, it was impressive. And, and so was Merrill Kelly, and so was Zach Davies. Madison Bumgarner was their worst starter. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of holes on this Arizona Diamondbacks team. They're going to be exciting in that NL West going forward. Um, the Brewers do have them at the end of the year, let's not forget, right? So those could yep. be huge games uh, if the Brewers want to win the get into the wild card. Looking uh, at the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. You can call us. You can text us as well if you want to participate in the show. A few questions about drafts. We'll get to those. We'll talk about Dalton Varsho as well. But I, I want to take a second, though, about this offense, Vinny. I, Tyrone Taylor had the great quote that you shared with us yesterday that he, you know, he's playing loose, he's feeling better, and maybe being loose is going to be the key for him. But then today it looked like nobody was loose and it's in part because they're facing Zach Gallon, who's the hottest pitcher in baseball right now and two as soon as they fall behind they know all the pressure is on them in my opinion and like we said yesterday you see the you see it slowly grow the contagion like that at bat that Arias had where it's just like that felt like the team was defeated in that moment on that strikeout from Arias do you do you share that same sentiment or what do you see from the offense uh, yeah I do the thing with this offense is they easier said than done, but there should have been a collective kind of an idea that all we're going to do is we are going to battle our tails off against Zach Allen, and we're going to get him out of the game. Um, if I think a couple of things, I think if they, if they do that, because he has not gone long in games. Last time out, he threw like 80 some pitches. Um, so he, he, you know, I think they're protecting his arm just a little bit, you know, I mean, he did get over a hundred and he did throw seven innings today, but if they, if they get him out of the game, that Diamondbacks bullpen is very susceptible to giving up runs. And then the other thing is part of this is catching breaks as well. Dalton Varshow ran down that ball in right center, and that's a game changer. That would have tied up the ball game if that ball gets over his head or gets in the gap, but that was just a tremendous play by him. So part of this is momentum. And this happens a lot with the Brewers. So if the momentum shifts against them, they kind of do have those empty at-bats at times against decent starting pitchers. And this was one of the best starting pitchers in baseball. And so that allows the starting pitcher to settle in, get that momentum, and just go on a roll. And that's what Zach Allen did. But, yeah, they battled a little bit more. That's what you have to do to get him out of the game. It was uh... – 
one of those days for the Brewers offense, which has been happening far too often as of late. And everybody in that clubhouse would tell you the same thing as well. Like, this offense just completely disappears for a few nights and then explodes for a few nights. It's yeah. very... Very Jekyll and Hyde. we got plenty more to come with Vinny and here on Brewers Extra Innings. We'll be with you until 7.30 tonight. Plenty more to come here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Alexander working quickly. Here's his 1-1. Hit high and deep to right. Renfro back, track, wall, watches it go out of here. Second game in a row with a home run for Dalton Varsho. Yep. Dalton Varsho, the Marshfield kid, getting it done against the Brew Crew. Brewers fall 5-0, or 5-1, I beg your pardon. Felt like 5-0. Hunter Renfro hit a home run. Can't shortchange him there. The Brewers trying to find a way to get this offense alive again. And, Vinny, let's talk about Dalton Varsho, man. You talked about the great play he made out in right center field. But what about his offense? He hits two homers in the series. He dropped down a bunt hit in this game. And many Brewers fans would maybe complain, like, wait a minute, wasn't he in our backyard? This dude is a very, very, very good player. What did you like about what you saw from Varsho this series? Just a, just a ball player with tools and talent, right? I saw your tweet about him going in the third round, a lot of teams passing on him. I mean, every team passed on him. I mean, even the Diamondbacks passed on him until the third round, right? So they just he just kind of fell in, in uh, their lap. He was a top 100 prospect coming into the draft that year. It's a cold weather school, but I just loved his 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 ability to play the game, and then and then just the tools. You don't realize this guy has tools. He's short. He's squatty. He's a little bit, you know, the body's just not a prototypical major leaguer's body. Um, but he's got all kinds of tools. He can really juice a ball out to all fields, and he's got the hit tool. And then, my goodness. Who told me, no one told me he could have ran track for UWM, too. I mean, this guy's fast. Um, and the ability to run fly. down balls in right field it was was pretty impressive. He's also played some center field this year, which I at first was like, he's playing center? Well, now I can see why. He's get, he gets really good jumps. Yeah, you don't get good jumps like that and be able to play all around the field and have good at-bats if you're not just a, a ball player. And that's part of the pedigree. His dad, obviously, is a big leaguer um, and, a, and a longtime scout now in Gary Varsho. So impressive look from from Dalton. For the Brewers fans saying, like, why can't we get a guy like that? What the heck? What, what, a speed of power. Well, let's look ahead, like, just quickly looking into the crystal ball here. The Brewers have some guys like that in the pipeline, and a guy that was in the starting lineup trying to get going, Este Uy Ruiz. We haven't even seen him turn on the Jets yet. Uh, Sal Freelich, obviously tearing it up in AAA right now. When Garrett Mitchell gets more playing time, he will be a candidate for that as well. But for the Brew crew, they have guys like that coming up in the pipeline, right? Yes, Sal. So, yes, the answer to that is an easy yes. Alec. Tom so I'm looking at the Diamondbacks. Alec Thomas is a, is a fast you know, prototypical center fielder can really go and get him. has some juice in the bat, really sprays the ball around the field. To me, that's Freelich and Garrett Mitchell, although I think Freelich and Mitchell have a little bit better hit tool overall. And then exactly the same thing with a Jake McCarthy. Um, that guy's tooled out, you know, tooled up Car Corbin Carroll. So the Brewers have the exact same type of guys in their pipeline. They're coming. A couple of guys are on the big league roster right now. Um, it, let's not forget about Joey Weimer too. Now he's, He's a little bit of a different type of a profile with the ability to really hit hit bombs really from the right side of the plate. Also a very athletic outfielder. Reminds me of Corey Hart quite a bit. 
Um, maybe a little touch more swing and miss in his game than him. Uh, but, yes, the Brewers have guys coming. Don't forget about Bryce Terang. Let's not sleep on Mario Feliciano from behind the plate. We'll probably see him get a lot of playing time at the big league level next year. So the Brewers have a lot of guys coming. Uh, and let's let's just back up real quick because Jackson Trio is you know making a case for the number one prospect in all of baseball the way he's playing right now in Appleton. Yeah, agreed entirely there. When it comes to the numbers for uh, Weimer in AAA, 27 games, he's hit five homers. Uh, he's also already got five stolen bases in AAA. In his career, Joey Weimer in the minors has 60 stolen bases. He's only been caught nine times on top of having 47 home runs. And, oh, by the way, he's built like a linebacker. He's six foot five, 220 pounds, rock solid pure power with the flow going out the back of the cap too so he is a fourth rounder in the shortened 2020 draft for the brew crew but that's looking ahead let's get back to what's going on now at the present for the brewers now they have the tough series going to colorado always a difficult place to play and the weird schedule two day games is going to be burning hot day game tomorrow for labor day night game tuesday day game getaway day wednesday and then the doubleheader thursday these next four days with five games the brewers are really going to have to dig deep how how do you get yourself fired up for something like this? How do you get yourself to arrive with energy to the ballpark with everything going against you right now and quite frankly the schedule even going against you to make sure your body is ready to perform? Yeah, it's make or break time right here for the Brewers. So how do you get ready for that? You just you just look at it and you experience it and say, "Okay, these are, you know, this is make or break. This is our season right here these next four four days, next five games. We have to come away with three victories right here." Um, and, and however we do that, we just have to dig deep. We have to just play with our hair on fire. I, I would love to see the Brewers just play with their hair on fire, meaning just play with a ton of energy, run balls out, just leave everything out on the field because this is their season. I, I really, truly believe these next five games are is their season because what's coming on the schedule are some really good ball clubs, the Yankees, Mets, and Cardinals. Cardinals don't seem to ever want to lose. And so you just you just have to come away with at least three victories here in these next five. It's going to be very difficult. And also some news coming out of the clubhouse as well about the projected starter. So Freddie Peralta, they are pushing him back to the doubleheader on Thursday. And let's let's also take a moment here. I don't like saying I told you so, but I told you so. There was something we didn't know with people asking, why are they pulling Freddie so early? Why are they pulling Freddie so early? Right. They feel he's not recovering properly, and that's why they have been keeping his pitch count down in his last few starts, even in that no-hitter bid. So he's been pushed back to Thursday. When you hear that news and you hear Adrian Hauser will now start tomorrow and then push Brandon Woodruff still to Tuesday and Eric Lauer to Wednesday, when you hear that Freddie Peralta has been pushed to Thursday, how do you react to that? Yeah, no, I, I actually am like, okay, that makes sense as to why he has pushed back. Just because what you said, Dom, he, he wasn't, the velocity wasn't quite there. He's, he's always got it in the tank, the 96s and things, but he wasn't pitching with that. And again, it just didn't feel like something was right. You really got to be careful with those shoulder lat uh, injuries. And that's what Freddie Peralta had. Guys end their careers with those injuries. So yes, they're in a playoff race. Yes, Freddie Peralta is a huge part of this playoff race if the Brewers end up winning the wild card. Um, but you got to be careful with the future of Freddie Peralta. He's going to be a huge part of this of the Brewers' success moving forward. I would continue to limit what he's able to do. I would continue to 
to get him rest. I have actually no problem with that. But, yes, it's concerning. It raises the antennas a little bit. Um, I'm more concerned with Adrian Hauser and his ability to bounce back as well. He needs to pitch well tomorrow. Um, and he hasn't pitched well since he's been off the aisle. So, um, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with, with making sure Freddie Peralta is healthy. Uh, so, we'll see how this plays out. In the midst of this 18 games in 17 days, the Brewers are now ten or excuse me, five and five, ten games into it. How do you see the Brewers finishing up the final eight games of this stretch with three in Colorado, two against San Francisco, uh, and then three more against the Cincinnati Reds? What would you think should be the goal? Not that they're gonna post a goal, you know, it's always go one and zero every day, obviously, but if yeah. there was a goal for these next eight games, three with Colorado, two for San Francisco, and three with Cincinnati, what should that be for the Brewers to feel like they're actually in the hunt? You, you know, so I'm going to say here, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, tame my predictions a little bit, you know, saying, you know, the Brewers have to win and, you know, every game they got to go one and oh, yes, that's their, their mentality that they have to think. But honestly, I think if the, if you can survive um, these next eight and just go 500, I think they're in a pretty good position they're in a pretty good position to make a run at it um, after that. I, think, I, I just think, you know, just with how this is setting up now, with Freddie being pushed back, um, I, you know, they still have Woodruff. They still have Lauer. They still have Burns. Um, I, I just think going 500 and get the offense going a little bit, that may just spark plug them into, you know, going on a run. What they cannot do is go like two and six or something. Then it's to me, then it's over. Um, so they definitely have to, you know, win four here. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, Vinny, thanks for your insight as always. Uh, we'll have another show tomorrow and then on Tuesday, but you won't be with me. You'll be Justin Garcia. So thanks for spending some time and uh, hope you enjoy the, the rest of your little bit of the holiday week. And then you can enjoy Vin. Of course. Thanks, Tom. You too. All right, Vinny Rettino joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings. Let's hear from you as well. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to get your text in, if you want to get your calls in, a few more have rolled in, you can tweet me as well at Dom underscore Catronio. Stick around. we got more to talk about. Also, we'll hear from Craig Council in just a little bit here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Alexander kicks, there goes the runner. The pitch is a swing and a miss for strike three. The throw to second, got him! Omar Narvaez cuts down Dalton Varsho, and it's a strike him out, throw him out, double play. Yeah, that was a double play that actually looked like it was going to carry some weight for a while, that it was ending a rally at the time, but the Brewers could not get anything done offensively in this contest because they would actually add a run later on in that frame uh, once again. With two outs, that was the theme of the whole weekend here in Arizona. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We're taking your calls and texts, 855-616-1620. We'll be with you for a little other, another 30 minutes or so. Uh, we'll be with you all the way until 7.30 tonight. A couple of texts here on the line as well. How about just hit the dang ball? You guys have talked all summer about how great the September September schedule is. It might not matter. You're absolutely right, but that's been the Achilles heel of this team all season long. We've been saying it since May. Does this team have enough offense to win the games that matter down the stretch? And right now, it hasn't been happening. If you want to keep on complaining about, oh, they should have added a bat at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, if you want to just say, oh, they should have added a bat at the deadline in September. Well, look, it, it's been over a month now. They are what they are. Maybe there's something that can spark them and get them back going in the right direction, but 
every day that passes makes it even harder to find that spark and to have more time enjoying that spark down the stretch. We talk about this September schedule and this stretch that the Brewers are in. Yes, I know the Diamondbacks are technically a sub-500 team. They're better than that, in my opinion. I credit them as quietly a 500 team. They're going to be one of those teams that at some point in January when everyone's sitting down to start doing their season previews in national media and they're going to sit down because no one's paying attention to the Diamondbacks and sit down and be like, wait a minute, they finished with 80 wins? Like if they go 80 and 82 or uh, 80 and, yeah, 82 or something like that. Wait, they got 80 wins? How'd that happen? I could totally see that happening for the Diamondbacks. And like, if you ask me right now, which team would I rather take going into next season as far as wildcard contenders? The Phillies or the Diamondbacks? I'd take the Diamondbacks. They've got this young, exciting core. They play great defense. They've got great pitching. They do need some help in the bullpen, just like the Phillies do. But they're not, they can score runs in multiple ways, not just in home runs like the Phillies do. I, I think it's a really fascinating to, to look at what the Diamondbacks are going to do next season. But this easy schedule in September, so now you got Colorado, who's been brutal in the second half. San Francisco has been falling apart, but they did give the Brewers some love today with the walk-off by Wilmer Flores to defeat the Phillies. So the Brewers didn't lose any ground in the wild-card race to them, which is good news. Uh, and then you get Cincinnati, who has been calling up some of the young guns, and they've been playing better baseball as of late. And even after that terrible start, we talk about it every time we see the Reds. They've been flirting with 500 since that 3-21 and start. So don't take them for granted either. The Reds are coming up next weekend at American Family Field. Then you have the last little gauntlet of two in St. Louis, three at home for the Yankees who have been falling apart. They won today, though, against the Rays. And then three against the Mets who lost again today, too. Those are the games that I circle that you will find out what this team is, and that will probably be where the season is decided. That uh, six or eight game stretch or so between the Cardinals and the Mets and the Yankees, if the Brewers can find a way to be 500, that means they probably won at least one of those series against the Mets or the Yankees, and they maybe split with the, with the Cardinals and lost the other series. That could work out. And, and for the Brewers... They just need to avoid sweeps. They need to avoid series losses like we saw this weekend. They had a tall order against them trying to get a split against a guy that's probably going to finish in the top five, maybe even top three in Cy Young voting at this rate. I mean, for my money, Zach Allen and Corbin Burns are probably neck and neck and probably Zach Allen's ahead of Corbin right now. I mean, so if I look at it, just not looking at any numbers and not doing any prep, just from the gut, who would I do for the National League Cy Young? I don't have a vote by the way. Sandy Alcantara is my Cy Young. I don't think that's changing. Second place is probably going to go to Max Freed. There is a benefit to pitching in a postseason run as opposed to over a, a Zach Allen. But if Zach Allen finishes the year with, let's say, a, a sub-4 ERA, obviously he's going to throw far fewer innings than Sandy Alcantara will. But let's say, you know, just for just for hypotheticals and having some fun with, having some fun with it, what if Zach Allen flirts with, like, 53, 54 consecutive scoreless innings. Gets close to Oral, right? What if that gets crazy? And you start talking about, wait, this this is one of those records we thought was going to be unbreakable, especially in today's world of offense. I think it's going to be very fascinating to see what's going on in the National League Cy Young because we know Zach, Sandy Alcantara is the favorite and he's probably going to win it, but who's going to be second, third, and fourth? 
I, I think Zach Allen absolutely deserves all the praise he's getting right now. 41 in the third, consecutive scoreless innings. It's absolutely incredible. Another text coming in, 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, this comes from TR in Milwaukee. Our offense is so lackluster, I'm actually enjoying watching Baltimore play right now. Well, hey, Baltimore has been a really good team. I will not take any Baltimore slander. They did get shut out by the A's today. But Baltimore's been a good team. They're in a hunt for the playoffs in the American League wild card right now. The AL wild card's kind of wacky. You look at it. Toronto has the last spot. They're two and a half games clear of Baltimore. Toronto's won three in a row. Seattle has the top wild card spot, which means they would get to host either Tampa Bay or, or Toronto, whoever finishes up in that second wild card spot for a three-game series, which would be awesome to have playoff baseball hosted in Seattle. In fact, all three wild cards have a better record than the AL Central leader. That's wild. That's crazy. In fact, the Brewers have a better record than anybody in the AL Central at 70-63. and 63. Cleveland is 68-63. and 63. They're playing right now against Seattle. It's 2-1 to one at the top of the fourth. The Mariners with the lead after a mega rain delay. It's one of those things at this time of the year, it gets fun to scoreboard watch, but you can get lost in the sauce quickly. Brewers are obviously at the point that they need help, but at the same time, they need to help themselves. It doesn't matter how much help you get if you're not winning games. You can't gain any ground if you're not winning games. And it starts with the offense for me. The offense just needs to get it together for these final 29 games. You know that, they know that, and I know that. So we can sit here and harp on it all day, but at the end of the day, that's going to be the what decides and what is going to keep the Brewers out of or get them into the postseason. If the offense can get going literally with the buzzer lurking. I mean, it is... This is it. A month to go. It will be over on October 5th. It's going to be a heck of a sprint. we got a lot more to get to. We'll be with you for another 30 minutes. WT, uh, the uh, Brewers Extra Inning Show on WTMJ rolls on after news on your home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers just never got off the deck, but also salute to Zach Gallon. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. We'll be with you until the bottom of the hour, until 7.30 tonight. Brewers just trying to figure things out as they get ready to head to Colorado overnight uh, and get ready for the Rockies for the next three days. Before they go to Colorado, and we'll preview that series in a little bit later in the show, let's hear from the manager, Craig Council. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, early on I thought we had some good at-bats, hit some balls hard, I mean, a couple nice plays, or hitting balls at them, and then, you know, as, as these the, the starting pitchers on a roll, he got into a rhythm, and, and then um, it was pretty quiet after that. Um, you know, his, his curveball is a really good pitch. His changeup was really good to the lefties, um, so we, we weren't able to get much going. That deep fly ball to right with that Varsho ran down, how much do you think if that ball gets in just... Yeah, I mean, that's that's the early in the game, you know. Tyrone jumped on a first pitch, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it was a really nice play. I mean, it's a tie game if, if, if that ball falls uh, or maybe we take the lead. I don't know. And that was the second, I believe. So, um, yeah, it was a nice play. What do you think about what Alexander gave you? Um, I thought Jason pitched well. I thought the walks, you know, is, is what hurt him. Um, two, a couple of them, two out of the two out variety, and they, they got rallies going after that. So, 
you know, those are those are chances to have quick, clean innings. Um, and uh, you know, they ended up biting them. Well, the story for them offensively too was just how you know the the two outs runs. You know how often they were able to kind of cash in on those opportunities. Yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got two outs, nobody on, in, in the in the fifth, and and they end up scoring. Um, I think there's another situation, two outs, nobody on. Um, you know, just unable to finish innings. You've pointed out to us many times. There's still a lot of baseball left. I think there's a month left still. Do you still feel like there's time to to do what you guys want to do? Absolutely, there's time to do do it. Um, I think. I think you can. We have to play better baseball. Uh, we have to be more consistent. We got to string together wins. But there's absolutely time. No, no question about it. Has it surprised you that there haven't been more streak? You know, the winning streaks. But like you, you know, you, you you have a good homestand like you did, and then it it's just building on that has been difficult. Yeah, I mean, you don't. You, you have to just. You have to play well, and um, you just unfortunately we just haven't done a good enough job. Um, you know, build, building that momentum and, and being consistent. You expect Yelich back in there tomorrow? Um, trending in a good direction with Yelich. Um, Adrian Hauser is going to start tomorrow. We're going to we're going to bump Freddie back. Um, Freddie's just not recovering the way we want him to recover, and we're going to try to give him some extra days here. Do you know is it TBD when he slots back in? Will he be at home somewhere? Yeah, we're pointing to point to the doubleheader. Is part of that just related to like you know altitude and and Denver of how that might affect him physically? No, that's not a consideration. No, yeah. We reiterate the news that we mentioned at the start of the show that Freddie Peralta is not starting tomorrow, as you heard Craig Council just say there. It will be Adrian Hauser, and they're targeting the doubleheader on Thursday for Freddie to return to the rotation. So that's some big news as they get ready to take on the Rockies with Hauser going tomorrow, Woodruff going on Tuesday, and then Lauer going on Wednesday. You will see left-hander Kyle Freeland, the one southpaw that the Brewers had trouble with in that four-game series coming out of the All-Star break back in American Family Field, so they will see the southpaw. This year, though, the Brewers are back above 500 against lefties. Still not great. They're 22 and 21 against lefties. There were a few defensive highlights from a 5-1 loss. We'll get to those coming up next here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Yes, even in a 5-1 defeat, the Brewers had a few highlights. They dropped three out of four to the Diamondbacks, but the defense took center stage, obviously, when you can't talk much about how well the offense played for both sides. We start off the highlights in the top of the second inning with two outs and a man on first base, and Zach Allen coming into the game riding 34 consecutive scoreless innings. The Brewers knew they were going to have to try to get to him early. And Tyrone Taylor, the, the biggest day at the plate in Saturday's game, had a chance to provide early, but 
The defense is what showed up early for the Diamondbacks. Gallon brings home the pitch, and Tyrone, a high fly ball, right center field, going back is Varsho onto the track, and he makes a great running catch, running up against the wall in the process. Boy, there is some athleticism in this Diamondbacks outfield. We have seen it on display this weekend, and Varsho just took extra bases away from Tyrone Taylor. It was rated as a five-star catch, according to StatCast, a 15% catch probability. He didn't even need to leave his feet. He covered 100 feet in the blink of an eye. So the Brewers did not get a run on the board in the second inning. In the bottom of the second, though, the Diamondbacks scored thanks to a four-pitch walk to Corbin Carroll, an infield hit that squirted away on a diving attempt by Willie Adamas and allowed Carroll to get to third, and a sack fly by Thomas brought home the game's first run. They almost added a few more if it wasn't for some more defense this time from the Brewers right fielder Hunter Renfro. And the 2-2 pitch. Fly ball deep right field. Renfro back at the track at the wall. He leaps up. He makes the catch right in front of the wall out there in right field. If he doesn't jump, it's extra bases. Lane Grindle on the call there. So it's one nothing Diamondbacks moving along. The Brewers certainly finding themselves deep in this game. Definitely a chance to compete. But then Zach Allen started to hit his groove. He would get his first strikeout to lead off the third. Then a couple of ground outs. No harm, no foul on a 14-pitch third. And there's that man again, the Marshfield native. Dalton Varsho at the plate. Alexander working quickly. Here's his 1-1. Hit high and deep to right. Renfro back, track, wall, watches it go out of here. Second game in a row with a home run for Dalton Varsho. It was a no-doubter, and it makes it 2-0. Josh Maurer on the call there. But you feel like with Jason Alexander on the mound, if you can keep two runs and keep the Brewers in it, he would do his job in this game. And he got some more help from defense this time. Varsho. On the bad end of some defense, the Brewers stepping up big against uh, Varsho trying to steal a bat. Alexander kicks. There goes the runner. The pitch is a swing and a miss for strike three. The throw to second. Got him. Omar Narvaez cuts down Dalton Varsho, and it's a strike him out, throw him out, double play. However, the Diamondbacks still would manage to add a run in that inning. A broken bat flare off the bat of Jake McCarthy when Hobie Milner came in on the first pitch he threw with two inherited runners and allowed a run to score, but that was it. He struck out the next batter he faced. In fact, the next four batters that Milner faced, three of them struck out. One of them had a broken bat shattered, and Hobie handled his job. But now the Brewers are trailing 3-0. Zach Gallen is on fire. He ends up collecting seven strikeouts, including an embarrassing one to Luis Urias to end his day in the seventh inning. Then to make matters worse in the eighth, a two-run shot off of Brent Suter, ending his stretch of scoreless appearances at 11. Jake McCarthy hits a two-run shot to make it 5-1, or 5 nothing. But then, just for good measure, Hunter Renfro had already extended his hitting streak to 11 games, his longest of the year. He wanted to add a little more thump to this one. With a runner in scoring position, the 2-0 pitch. High fly ball, deep left. Back, gone for Hunter Renfro. And the shutout is no more. Brewers get on the board with the 24th of the season for Hunter. It's a 5-1 to one ball game. That came off of Mark Melanson, and, well, that was all of the offense. So Renfro rings the bell, his 26th of the year. Remember, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.org. 5-1 the final. Brewers just couldn't get anything done. 
tip your cap to Zach Gallen. 41 in the third consecutive scoreless innings. He's two outs away from tying and one inning away from passing Brandon Webb for the most consecutive scoreless innings all time in Diamondbacks history. We'll wrap up the show next here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Brewers fall 5-1 to one to the Diamondbacks. They lose 3 out of 4 in Arizona. Obviously, they have to dig deep. Obviously, the offense needs to perform better. And even some of the starting pitching needs to perform better. But with 29 games to go, as Craig Council said just a moment ago, they're technically... Still is a little bit of time. And I said this at the top of the show. The Brewers entered this series three and a half games back of a playoff spot. And with the Phillies already losing and San Diego technically ahead of them by a half game, the Brewers are going to end the weekend two and a half games back of a wild card spot, essentially three and a half. So they ended up gaining a game even though they lost three out of four. If you want to be pessimistic about it, You're welcome to. The Brewers missed an opportunity this weekend with how poorly the Phillies are playing. And the Phillies got some bad news before the game. Nick Castellanos is going on to the injured list. He uh, felt a cramp in his side. They are fearing an oblique strain. He is due for an MRI. That's a massive blow to them. They already don't have Corey Knable. They haven't had Sir Anthony Dominguez lately either. Phillies have a history of struggling in September. Just saying. And they've already fired a manager this year. Rob Thompson is the interim. They have not released that interim tag on him. Shoot, he might be uh, managing for his job next year at this rate if they do not make the postseason. Again, they lost already today. 5-3, to three, a walk-off homer by Wilmer Flores. In Los Angeles, the Padres are threatening, and they already have the lead. It's the top of the fourth inning. Padres lead one to nothing. And uh, it's in the top of the fourth inning. They got two men on and nobody out. As they went with an opener, did the, the uh, Dodgers? Tyler Ferguson started the game, or Caleb Ferguson, excuse me, started the game. He went one inning. Ryan Pepio, a, up from AAA, gets the start. He's allowed an unearned run. He's walked four batters in his two innings of work so far, so keep an eye on that. He's going up against Clevenger for the Padres. Mike Clevenger has gone three scoreless so far in that one. So it doesn't necessarily fully matter what happens in that game for the Padres, given they are technically ahead of Philadelphia. But, hey, the more the merrier. If they lose and the Brewers, all three teams fighting for that last wild card spot lose, it doesn't hurt anybody. And you know what? If you're going to lose, make sure you lose at the same time as the other team. If you're going to win, make sure they lose too. But the Brewers need to win. You know that. The Brewers can only do what they do. And I love what Craig Council said, understanding the task at hand, understanding that, look, we can sit and look at the standings all day long and look at what this schedule says and who they're playing and what what, oh, they have a harder schedule than them, and oh, they've got that pitcher lined up. No, no, no. What the Brewers have to worry about is just winning ball games, and it starts with the offense. The offense has not been there in this series at all. The Brewers did not have an at-bat with a runner in scoring position in this entire game. Zero. They had one extra base hit today, the home run by Hunter Renfro, after having seven yesterday in ten innings, and then having zero in the first two games of this series. So to the naked eye, you see, oh, they hit eight, eight extra base hits over the course of four games. But then you learned seven of them were in one game. There's no sustainability with that offense. 
That's where the adjustment needs to happen. And maybe getting back on track at a giant ball yard like Coors Field where you can hit doubles for days and it's a hitter's paradise can really work things out. Man, how many balls have the Brewers hit this series, too, this weekend? That like, oh, man, that's barreled. And it just was a hair off the end or a hair off the handle, and it dies in the warning track in right center field or dead, dead center field. It's a big yard here at Chase Field. They used every single inch of it, but the Brewers could not get it done. They lose three out of four. And, again, the biggest point of all of this, the Brewers will see the Diamondbacks again the last three games of the regular season. They are really hoping they don't have to see Merrill Kelly or Zach Allen in that stretch. Because if the wild card comes down to those three games against the Diamondbacks, man, oh man, that's going to be some high drama at American Family Field. They're almost home. Three more games in Colorado with Labor Day and everything, an odd schedule for the uh, timings and everything. Tomorrow, first pitch Coverage begins at 2.35. First pitch is at 3.10. We will have Brewers Extra Innings for you. It'll be Greg Matzik coming on the show uh, tomorrow to take you uh, after the game. Then on Tuesday, Brewers warm-up will begin at 6 o'clock for a 7.05 coverage begin. Uh, and then the Brewers Extra Innings will be hosted by Justin Garcia on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, it's a weekday day game, so no Brewers extra innings right after the game. You'll have Wisconsin's afternoon news, so stick around for that on Wednesday. And then the doubleheader will have full coverage for you on Tuesday, or rather on Thursday. Coverage beginning at 2.35 uh, on Thursday for the doubleheader, and I will be back for Brewers extra innings on that day. It's all laid out in front of the Brewers. they got 29 games to go. Only eight more against a team above 500, and they'll all be in a row against the Cardinals, against the Yankees, and against the Mets, but three more with these pesky Diamondbacks. Up next, they've got three with the Rockies starting tomorrow at 3-10. It'll be Adrian Hauser on the mound going up against Ryan Feltner for the Rockies. That's going to do it for us today from Chase Field and do it for all of us here this weekend uh, in Phoenix. It was great for me to get back home. For those who don't know, I am a Phoenician through and through, so it was good to come back home and enjoy the uh, the fun times of the heat and the desert. And our thanks as well to all of our producers throughout the weekend, and today it was Evan Wittalison on the ones and twos back in Milwaukee. Until next time, keep on swinging.